0: Hey, I'm Jim Woods, and welcome to the Finish Your Book Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by StoryCrafting.net. Hey, everyone. I am excited to be with my friend, author Kent Sanders. He's the author of The Artist's Suitcase, and he's currently working on the book called Born to Create. Thanks for being with me, Kent.
1: Absolutely. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Jim.
0: My pleasure now today we'd like I'd like to talk a little bit about plotting and planning and kind of how it looks like you know for you and uh, Kent, you're also a college professor and I think we can learn a lot from that perspective as well about what it looks like to actually like plan out a book or you know finishing your book if you're halfway in your book. Um, so does that sound good?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now I know you've written uh, several books. You have several other ebooks as well, and you even mentioned uh, right before we started recording, "It's like okay, yeah, and I'm working on this book right now." I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you under the spotlight here, Kat, because I know you can do it. What What are you thinking here? Because I know you started writing this new book, "Born to Create." It's something you're super passionate about. What are you thinking as you're looking out, kind of at that project? Because I think this is the perfect example to mention in this.
1: Yeah. So I'm in the middle of writing the first draft of this book. This is a book I've been working on for probably two to three years, maybe even four years in some form or fashion. You know, And you know how it is. That it starts out as one thing, then it morphs into something else, then it morphs into something else. And I kind of look at it two ways, and I tend to do this with everything, is I have the emotions I'm feeling about it in the moment, whether they're good or bad or whatever you're experiencing in the moment. But then there is also the side of me that's like looking at it from the outside and I'm it's kind of like if I'm if I'm emotional about something or if I'm upset about something, there's the part of me that says, Hey, I'm you know, I'm really upset, I want to throw something, I wanna kick the cat, or you know, sorry for all the cat lovers out there, or (laughs) kick whatever the wall or something.
0: Sure, sure.
1: But then there's the part of you that is sort of observing yourself thinking, Okay, I'm getting angry, I'm doing this or maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm the only person in the world who like is I almost say like two minds going on. So that's that's how I'm experiencing this project now is I'm having all the difficulties, all the frustrations, all the problems that anybody has when they're doing something for the first time. I've written books before, but this is a different type of book. This is a parable type of a book. So I'm having to craft a story that makes sense and that's hopefully going to be compelling and interesting. So there's a part of me that's going through all of that and wrestling through it and wondering, is this any good and is this going to make sense and am I just wasting my time? you know All those emotions everybody has. but Then there's the part of me that realizes this is part of doing anything new and, and I, I, I understand that I'm going through that and so I, I don't let it bother me too much because I know that's totally normal, if that makes sense.
0: It does make sense. It's part of the creative process. Um, I, I'm glad that you mentioned it's something new. In that it's it's a little bit different, and I think every author, I don't care if it's your first book or fifth book or whatever, I think there's some of that in there because it's so easy to think in our minds sometimes in that ideal situation in our head. Oh, this I did this, and it'll be just like this. Creativity is not not so simple in that regard. But I know you, I know you're a good planner. I know that's something you practice a lot. Um, you know and having classes on creativity because i know you've taught many different classes how do you how would you recommend someone who's like stuck in their book i mean you it sounds like you're moving forward kind of in a slower pace on your own book yes. Which is yes. and, and that's okay it's new it's different but what about someone who already has like you know half of their rough draft or you know or some kind of start how would you recommend they plan it out and Kind of plot out their book. What would you What would you tell
1: them? Well, a book is a massive project, you know. And like we were talking just a few minutes before, I think before we started the official right. <laughs> conversation. Right before,
0: you know that part nobody knows about. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and you had a good, really good insight, which was most people don't think of a book as a project. And as writers, we attach so much emotional significance to a book. You know, it's like it almost represents the totality of our identity and worth and value. It's like you get so wrapped up in, in the thing emotionally. But it's, it's just a project, you know. If you uh, A few weeks ago I had some guys come and they installed a new front door in our house and did a few other smallish kind of things. You know, they don't get emotionally attached to that. Yeah. If you have a plumber come to your house or if you have a mechanic or an accountant, those people don't get emotionally attached to their work like artists and writers do. And I think there's something that we can learn from that. And thinking okay this is something that we're creating but you know how this turns out is not indicative of our value as a person so to me that that's one important thing in finishing something is you know realize your whole value as a person is not tied to this thing you know <laughs> but i'm trying to follow something that i actually heard uh are you familiar with a guy named brian koppelman oh yeah absolutely they, okay so he's you know screenwriter and does some other things as well. He has a show called Billions on TV. I think it's on Showtime right now. He, um, I heard him give some good advice in an interview a few weeks ago. In fact, this is kind of what what compelled me to try and get my first draft of this book done as fast as possible. And yeah. it said, get your first draft done as quick as humanly possible so you can get a quick run. And I think that's really good advice for anything in general, but especially for writers. Yeah. And I guess my first advice would be, get a quick win of some kind whether it's finish a chapter finish something so you have something to show for it you know so you because that emotional component is really important and if you feel a um you know like you've won something or you've tackled something or you've wrestled something to the ground you know that can help you go on to the next step so i think that's really important is getting a quick win on something whether it's a chapter or a first draft or Something because otherwise it'll just kind of languish there, you know, for months or even years. (laughs) And you kind of think, oh, this thing is just laying there dead, and I'm a terrible person, and I'm not worthy, and I'm horrible, and all the things that we think about ourselves.
0: Right. No, that makes a ton of sense. That makes a ton of sense because um, one of the separate kind of components I've been chatting with people about is momentum. Well, if you plan for momentum, which is kind of what you're doing. When you have that quick win in your radar, when you have it in your sights, that's how you could achieve it again. It's like all these pieces are so interwoven and intertwined. You have your you are. Know, writing habits and those can help you get momentum. And sometimes the momentum comes, you know, through other parts. It's it's just very tied together. The drafting is related, you know, to this planning and plotting. So yeah. Yeah. it's... I think there can be problems, obviously, on each level, or you, it could be even a, a mix of problems. Um, what would you say to that that writer who, who's you know a lot like you and me? That's like, okay, well, I don't know. I just don't feel like it. I just don't. It doesn't feel right. How do? You, what would you tell them? Because I think emotions do play a role in this.
1: You know, as I have have been writing this first draft of the book, I'm about um, I'd say forty percent there. So the last two weeks, I've been writing tons and tons and tons, probably more than I ever have before in my life, trying to get this thing done. And I have felt like doing it zero percent of the time. In fact, there was uh, a couple of days just earlier this week where I sat down to write, and I mean, I was not feeling it at all. I was actually really irritable one day. I don't remember why, but you know, I've been trying to get up earlier, and I may have had an argument with somebody, or something was sort of off kilter, and I I just. Thought I do not feel like doing this. And it's one of those kind of things where you've got to force yourself to do it. And you're actually sort of mad at yourself because you're forcing yourself to do it. And you have that inner five-year-old going, I don't want to, mommy, daddy. I don't want to do this. You know? <laughs> Good point. Yes. But the funny thing was that even even though I didn't feel like doing it, once I sat down to do it, I got into a flow a bit. you know. And sometimes there's not very much of a flow. It's almost like I'm just cranking it up because I made this promise to myself. Other times it really starts to flow, and before you know it, you've written a thousand, fifteen hundred words, or five hundred words, or whatever it is. And I don't know. I just think there's a real value in approaching it as a workman, you know, sort of like um, a plumber would do, or a mechanic, or or somebody who's just approaching their work in a professional way, because that's that's what we're trying to be as professionals. And I can guarantee you, whenever Stephen King sits down to write something, he doesn't always feel it, you know, whenever any other successful person sits down to do something, they're not always emotionally engaged, but the act of sitting down and doing it makes them most emotionally engaged most of the time.
0: Let's, let's geek out for a moment because I know you're a huge fan of stories and even story structure. As you've been diving into this new kind of fiction, you know, parable realm, have there been any things that have really helped you? Because I know you're just a student of story, has anything really jumped at you and helped you as you're you know, diving into your own story? Has anything really jumped at you?
1: Yeah, there's lots of things that have jumped out at me. One thing, uh, because I do love stories and I love movies and story structure, I've got a whole shelf full of books and all that stuff. But one thing that was really paralyzing to me at the beginning of this book project was that there's so many books out there that are, you know, in the writing community we call these craft books that are how to write and how to build a story and how to do all these things but you can get paralyzed by all that stuff because a lot of it is conflicting advice and you don't know where to start so I just decided I was going to pick one book and go through that book and learn what I could and apply it to this story then the next story that I write I'll learn somebody else's system and integrate that into my own thing so the book that I chose to go through is called The Anatomy of Story by a guy named John Truby and it's really been an excellent book uh, it's been really super super helpful. Uh, I'm actually almost done with that process of going through that. Um, yeah, that, that's
0: been really really helpful. Pick one. Pick one. Now, that's. I think I have to. I have to hit on this for a second, Kent, because that is a huge, huge piece of advice. It's so easy to kind of get into research mode, right? And you want to. Yeah, I mean, you said you. You said yourself, you have a whole shelf of them. Oh yes. Right? And not to mention the internet. So, yep. y- right you don't want to a certain the story structure on the internet with, you know, the many, many results. Pick one and stick with it. I think that right there, Kent, that's a huge lesson in discipline and in research. So I think that's I think that's worth its weight in gold there, Kent.
1: Yeah, and I just decided I was gonna learn whatever book I picked, I was gonna learn that system as good as I could. And then I was just gonna write the story and I wasn't gonna learn anything else. Because, you know, if you like to read and like to learn and anybody who's listening to this probably would put themselves in that category, then you can study and process and analyze and read until the cows come home. But at the end of the day, it's all about what's going to help me create the actual product. And if something is distracting you from that, then that actually, you know, more books and more reading and more learning can actually become become a huge hindrance. Because then you just get paralyzed by all these different systems and story structure things and
0: all that stuff. With story structure, with the creative process – It is so easy to get into that perfectionist mode when nothing is good enough. You know, you you could easily even fall into the I'm going to keep planning and outlining and plotting and I'm just going to keep doing that prep work, if you will, versus actually like it's almost like sharpening your tools versus actually doing the job. Do you you ever relate to that one, Kent?
1: Yep. Um, I how did do, do you get around it?
0: Because obviously, you got to that point, and you—I think—did you get fed up? And you're like, "Look, I've learned from the past. I know how to move forward." Is that it?
1: Well, I'll kind of give you the backstory of this. So, the way that I have approached this story is: okay, first of all, I just assumed that anything could be reverse engineered. So, if you look at a novel, if you look at any nonfiction book, if you look at a movie, if you look at anything. There's a process for building that thing, whatever that thing is, a car, a house, a story, you know, a book, computer, because somebody's already figured out that process. So, number 1, you don't have to figure out anything new. You just have to follow an established process for creating the thing that you want to create. So, what I did is I picked a couple of books that I wanted my book to be like. And by my book, I mean a parable that's about 130 to 140 pages long that told a simple story of a protagonist learning several keys to creativity. That's basically what I knew. I knew that was, that was going to be the, the basic flow of the book, but I needed to pick something that I could sort of hang my hat on structure-wise and look at as a model. So the book that I actually chose was The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann. It's a really popular business parable. And um, I actually came across that book a couple of years ago because I write the podcast show notes for Bob Burke, who is an amazing, generous, uh, really, really sharp guy. So I read the book, and when I read the book, I thought, this is exactly the type of book that I want to write. It's a fun, simple story. It's a teaching story. Yeah. So what I did is I created this big, huge Excel spreadsheet. I broke the story down in intricate detail by chapter, You know, what's being taught in the chapter, who are the characters being introduced. How does a chapter begin and end as far as a hook, you know, to take you to the next? So I broke down the whole thing in a very systematic way. Then I let it sit there for about a year and a half because I was so paralyzed by all this detail work that I had done to break down the story that I just became overwhelmed with how in the world do I go from this germ of an an idea that I have to this type of very detailed outline. And I really let it get me paralyzed. So what finally got me over that hump was, uh, this is going to sound probably kind of juvenile, but whatever works right. So what happened, this is part of the story. So I'm a college teacher, and in one of our faculty meetings this past spring, we were kicking around some ideas for elective courses. And just out of the blue, I very rarely do things like spontaneous like this, but I just said, hey, how about a course on storytelling, thinking that everybody would just laugh at it and think, oh, that's the stupidest thing we've ever heard. So I made kind of – this was it's like being in a, a movie studio thing, I guess. So I just thought I'm going to pitch this idea to our faculty and our you know administrator who was there. And so I made what I felt like was a compelling case for a class. I talked for a couple of minutes and I said, here's why we need this class. Here's why it would be fun. Students will love it. It would be kind of fun. So and they said, yeah, let's do it. So uh, at that point I knew I was on the hook for now creating this class – but I did that to force myself to learn story structure. But then what I did is I then required this book that I'm writing to be a textbook for the course. So I knew that I would have to produce the book for the students in the course. Does that make sense?
0: Wow. Talk about a deadline. Yeah, it does. That's great. You, you, I, I've, I've talked to a few other authors. It's, it's like a deadline, a structure, and then you one-upped it even more because then – there's a deadline, but then there's have the book in hand. <laughs> so that's, a, that's amazing.
1: Yes. Now, it won't be the finished finish version. It'll be like a third draft or something like that at that point. Because I scheduled it as the last thing in the class. Ah, oh, okay. So they have to read it and do some sort of reaction analysis of how the story structure is broken down and blah, blah, blah. Now, most people who are listening to this are not a college teacher, so they're not going to be able to do that. But that's not the point. The point is... Sure. What can you do to sort of force yourself into a corner with it? So one thing that I did um, a couple of weeks ago is I just put a thing on Facebook. I said, hey, here's a goal. I'm going to write 1,300 words a day, which was 30,000 words broken down over 23 days, which was at the day that I put that on Facebook. It was 23 days away from my first day of class. So mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to have a draft done by my first day of class yeah. just as sort of a mile. I made it public, and I just said, here's what I'm doing. Please hold me accountable. And uh, you know all kinds of people commented encouraging words and support and stuff mm-hmm. and, and I don't know I just kind of think putting yourself on on the high wire for having something done is a good idea because it, you're sort of on the hook for it. Yeah. And you know there's nothing that'll motivate you like the fear of embarrassment.
0: That's true. And that's true.
1: Feeling like a fool in front of people because you said I'm going to have this done but now you don't. You know again those those are not the best motivators but they work for me
0: that's an important part of this too knowing what works for you, figuring it out and if you're not sure being willing to experiment you're I mean even right now you're not hundred percent sure that John Truby's storybook is the one approach you really really want to use later you're like i I'm just using it right now for this one book is what you said so yeah you you really have you're experimenting even there but you're you're making that choice where If you're indecisive, if you're, you know, half finished with your book and you're procrastinating, that's when you're kind of like, oh, let me just do some more research and I don't know. And it's so easy to fall into that because it's really resistance. And I I know I've encountered it and most of us do, if we're really honest. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you encountered resistance today? Yeah, I did. Yeah. But the structure, like you said, where, you know, writing – on a regular basis, having accountability that lights a little fire under you. Yeah. Public accountability in this case, that's helping you, you know, get more words on the page. It's like, that was, that's a real catalyst for you. Clearly.
1: It is for me, you know, and I think everybody has to figure out what that thing is for you. For me, it almost always involves other people on some level, you know, because we're writers, we're, we're kind of isolated. We, we like to keep things to ourselves, but You know, and you know this, you've been a catalyst in my own life many times, just helping me to kind of get to the next thing and been an encouragement. And I think sometimes, in fact, that's part of the story of the book. That's the very first point that I'm making with the process of creativity is that it involves other people. You know, you're only going to grow, I think, to the extent you introduce other leaders and growers and artists in your life and fill your life with things that are going to help you grow. You know, it's not going to come from inside of us. It's got to come from outside of us.
0: That's a great point, and I think that my interpretation or how I, how I really translate that in my own life is setting yourself up to win.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Um, and I think in many cases, creating an isolation is just setting yourself up to fail. Yeah. Because like, I know I'm an emotional person. When I set myself up to fail, it means just keeping it to myself only relying on just my emotions and my willpower and it's like it's it's (laughs) not I mean it's like it's like a it's like a roller coaster but all the entire ride is relying on like one hill and I'm gonna ride this whole ride just from that very first initial hill well what happens if there's something at the end where you're not expecting or a twist or a loop or something and you're going on fumes and Um, I think it's the natural progression of a story, you know, that messy middle, quote unquote, or the belly of the beast or whatever you want to call it, somewhere in act two, (laughs) I don't care if it's a a novel or nonfiction, doesn't matter, somewhere in that middle, things are going to get fuzzy and a little challenging and you're going to need someone to give you a flashlight and, you know, some directions, maybe a roadmap or something or even a lifeline. I mean, if you really get lost, you're, hey, come get me down from this. I mean, I'm at the bottom of this canyon, you know. Um,
1: where yeah. I think that's yeah. where it
0: is. I think that collaboration, working together is really, really important. Absolutely.
1: I do, too. And that's that's been something I've begun to realize a lot more the last couple of years in my life. Just the value of other people and um, how important that is to my own growth as a person. Because I'm sort of a, an analytical Uh, introvert type of a person and my first reaction to everything is well let me go off in the corner and figure it out for myself because I don't want to ask for help and you know I want to be a grown-up who can do anything and do everything and I got to prove something to somebody and well all that's garbage you know there's no sense in figuring it out for yourself if you can have other people help you figure it out
0: that's a great point being um and talk about rationalization you call it being independent you call it, you know, being a thinker.
1: It's just pride, is all that is. Yeah,
0: exactly. And and you just ask for help. I remember one time you, um, I think you mentioned to your wife, and you're just writing a story idea by her, and she's like, "Like, oh yeah, just do this," and you're like, "Whoa, I, I just accomplished more in five minute conversation here than I would have like in fifty hours on my own, you know, in deep thought, right? right. But fear loves to tell you, hey." It's not yours. It's not yours anymore. You you shared that story. You shared that idea, and I, that's just a lie. You know. Well, my
1: experience is my negative emotions always feed on themselves. You know, it's like if I'm feeling stressed or anxious or worried or whatever sort of a negative emotion I have, it the more that I let that sort of fester and simmer, the worse that it gets. Almost to the point where you start to wonder, am I am I going crazy? You know, am I even in my right mind right now? Because it just like feeds on. It's like venom, you know. I love comic books. You know, the Spider-Man villain Venom. It's like that black goo and that sort of like coming up around your your, your face. And yeah, it like just covers you and pulls you down. And you know, sometimes I, I think you just gotta you have to realize, okay, my emotions are running away with with themselves, and I'm I'm no longer not in my right frame of mind. So I've gotta get outside myself and and realize I'm not going crazy. And uh, sometimes just a simple interaction with somebody reminds you of that, you know?
0: Right? No, I agree completely. I agree completely, especially when you are a writer and you're just, and I think, you know what, too. I think especially for people who are just starting out, if they're just, you know, in that idea stage, I think that's an even more unique situation where it's like, I don't know if I can do it. Am I even really a writer? Yeah, yeah. I think that's even more challenging. It's like, oh, I don't know. I've never written anything this long as a book. I think it's even more of a, it's like that fear and all those voices in our head just kind of snowball. And once, once you actually start to put words on a page, it's funny how that all those thoughts, I'm not saying they go away completely, but they sure quiet up a bit. Yeah. And, and then It's like, I think it's for, I know for you and me, there's a lot of similarities to working out and going to the gym. Yep. Creativity looks a lot more like that than it does, you know, sitting in a cabin by yourself writing for weeks at a time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Physical activity, I think, is a super key part of all this. And I exercise almost every day. In fact, um, I got my run. Well, it wasn't a run, it was a walk today because it was so hot outside. I did like a 45 minute or 60 minute walk. You know, a couple hours ago, came back and like was just drenched in sweat because it's so hot outside today. Yeah. But I get a ton of good ideas whenever I'm exercising or hiking or biking or whatever. And I've got, in fact, I've got this little trick that I use on my iPhone, where, you know, if you have Apple headphones or Apple compatible headphones, there's a little trick you can do where you just press the button and you give Siri a command to create a new note. And then I record whatever the note is and that way I don't have to like take my phone off my arm and type nice, it. In. And, nice. Yeah, it actually works super well. I've used it a time.
0: That's fantastic. Very handy for if you're just out and about and get those get those ideas. That's great. Now, as we kind of wrap up here, Kent, what would you tell that overwhelmed writer who is a lot like you and me, but you've been down this path, you've won that race before? And now you're running the race again. What would you tell them as they're like, I don't know if I can actually do this. I don't know. I'm stuck. I'm not so sure about my story or my book. What would you tell them? Well,
1: I mean, there's many different things I would say. You know, I tend to be an analytical person. So I like to sit down and and ask myself the question, why am I feeling overwhelmed? Like specifically, what is overwhelming me? When you sit down to like, and you don't have to show this to anybody. In fact, I wouldn't recommend it. You know, this is. This is not a Facebook post or anything. This is why I journal. You know, every morning, almost every morning I journal and sometimes in the evening. Most days I journal in some way. That's what that's for. You know, and if I'm feeling negative and overwhelmed and stuff, I just write down specifically, here is exactly what's going on in my heart and in my mind. You know, I'm frustrated about this. I'm upset about this. These emotions. Yeah. So you kind of like cleanse your palate a little bit. And I don't know about everybody else, but with me, the overwhelm, is often more of a reality in my mind than it is in actual reality. You know, and I, if I think, okay, I've got so much to do, I've got so many things I'm responsible for. I'm so overwhelmed. Well, you know, just sit down and write out what are all the things that you have to do, make a schedule, you know, and pick a time to write. If you're not, if you're not at the stage where you're going to be writing yet, then pick a time to sit down and okay, I'm going to create an outline or I'm going to create my next steps. Yes. To me, it's just all about figuring out what are your next small steps and taking action on those, getting those done, and then you move on to the next thing. But so oftentimes we we think of this book as like this massive project that's going to take months or years. And it's so big that it's just overwhelming and we don't even know where to start. But the cool thing about a book is that you can literally open up and see it was written one word at a time. That's all you have to do is write a little bit at a time. And, you know, for instance, if you just write 500 words a day – You know, that that adds up pretty quickly.
0: Well, thanks so much, Ken. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate all your wisdom and insights and your honesty. And I I think it will inspire a lot of people that are also, you know, working on their books. So thanks again.
1: Awesome. Glad to help.
0: Thanks for listening to the Finish Your Book Podcast. If you'd like some help with your book, whether you're starting or finishing or no matter where you are right now, you can go to storycrafting.net slash finish thank you for listening and I'll see you